Hello and welcome to the You're an Asset podcast. I'm your host, Casey the Dollar. And on this podcast, we find out who is an asset in the financial industry and who is just an ass. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, my hair is now purple. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you can't see it, but just know that I am no longer blonde and my hair is bright purple. So, on this episode of You're an Asset, we were supposed to have a guest. I invited this person on for a friendly conversation about business and the benefits of an IUL and, you know, just to get to know them and hear about how they do things. Well, we waited for half an hour for this person to show up. They did not. Maybe I'm looking too deep into it. Maybe not. I, I'm kind of bummed about it. So if you've ever seen the handle Grow With Corey, that is who we're talking about today. And honestly, Corey, if you hear this, um, if you know Corey, I hope that nothing is wrong. I hope that you're okay. You know, I hope everything's everything's good. And I hope that there is a good reason that you're not showing up to the podcast today. And I think we could just leave it at that. So instead of having a conversation um, with Grow With Corey, I'm going to go over how to access money inside your cash value when you have an index universal life insurance policy. So let's get into it. There are two different ways that you can access money inside of your cash value. An index universal life insurance policy has a cash value. It grows based on how much you're contributing to your policy and how much interest you're earning. If you need a refresher on IULs, you'll have to go check out one of the previous episodes, because today we're going to talk about how to access the cash value. So you can either withdraw funds or you can loan yourself funds. When you withdraw money from your cash value, you ultimately devalue the asset. You're withdrawing money. If you have a cash value with $30,000 in it and you pull out ten grand as a withdrawal, you now only have 20000 The value of your asset would also go down that $10,000. You're earning interest on less money. So withdrawing can be, in a way, not the best way to access funds because we don't want to devalue the asset. The account value is where you earn interest, okay? So when you devalue the account's value, you earn interest on less money. Now, if you were in the first few years of your policy and you withdraw money, you're not going to have withdrawn more than you've contributed, okay? In that situation, there are no taxes or any penalties. There's no penalties for withdrawing ever, but there's also no taxes when you withdraw your contributions. When you start withdrawing your gains and the interest earned, now you're gonna be taxed capital gains on any withdrawals, okay? So first, problem with withdrawing is that you devalue your asset. The second problem is if you withdraw more than you've contributed, now you have to pay capital gains tax. But the option to withdraw is always there. Now, loaning money, right? You know this is going to be more effective. It's all we talk about on social media is loaning yourself money from the cash value. 
So you want to take a loan from the cash value. You can do this as soon as there is a cash value. There is no waiting period. You don't have to have a certain amount of money in your cash value. If we're being honest, I've had clients go and pull out $200 as a loan. You can do that. Should you? Uh, not always, right? Um, it might not always be the best move, but you can do that in the first year or two if you really needed the money. Now, loans do not cause taxes, right? Loans are debt. Debt is not taxable. And when you loan money from your cash value, you also aren't devaluing it. Why? Because you're taking a loan and you're leveraging the value of your policy. If we step back for a minute, if you have a life insurance policy that builds a cash value, that means you also purchased a death benefit. Your death benefit is your collateral. So when you want to take a loan, the life insurance carrier says, hey, policyholder, you're good for that loan. And we know you're good for it because you have collateral over your head. Worst case scenario, you don't pay the loan back. You pass away. We're going to get our money from your death benefit. Life insurance is special in this way because of the leverage aspect. It's one of the biggest benefits of having a cash value life insurance policy. Because like I said, when you leverage the account value, you take a loan against your policy, the value of your policy does not go down. You do not devalue your asset like you would when you take a withdrawal. You have this $30,000 cash value. You want to pull out that $10,000 as a loan you are not going to see the overall value of your policy go down. You're actually going to see it go up. When you leverage an asset, you don't devalue it. You're borrowing against it. It's like the money stays in your account, right? Because the life insurance carrier is actually giving you the money that you're taking as a loan, but you still took out a loan. There's still an outstanding loan balance against your policy. So if you had the $30,000 cash value, again, you took out that $10,000, you wouldn't be able to go and borrow, say, $25,000 because you don't have that much available. Could you borrow another 10? Sure. But there is going to be a point where you don't have any more money left to borrow. But you're still going to see your account value continue to go up because you never devalued it. You only leveraged against it. So now we know the difference between withdrawals and loans. But now... We all know that loans come with interest rates. There are different loan options when you do go to borrow money from your cash value, and we're going to go over them. There are usually at least two different options. Sometimes there's three. One of them is called a variable loan option, and this one I'm never going to recommend that you take it. I don't know why anyone would use a variable loan option because a variable loan option is exactly like it sounds. You might pull out a loan at 3% and next month it's at 6%. So the loan interest rate is going to vary while that loan is out. I don't, I don't see the benefit in, in taking a variable loan rate. When Power3 Financial, when we get together and we run illustrations, we play around with the variable loan rate and it does not benefit the policyholder to use a variable loan rate. We can sit down and show you if you want to look at it, but you wouldn't want a variable mortgage, would you? It just doesn't make sense. So that's one option off the table. Next option is called the fixed interest rate. The fixed interest rate is going to be available at just about every single insurance carrier, okay, with every single IUL. The fixed interest rate can start off as low as 2%, um, sometimes 2.75%. 
somewhere in this range on year one. A fixed interest rate is fixed. It stays the same. If you pull it out at 2%, it stays 2% for the life of the loan. A fixed interest rate is beneficial because it's small. It doesn't change. It's fixed. The fixed interest rate is going to be your safest, smallest option as far as interest rates go inside of a life insurance policy. What happens later on, once you've had a policy, it could happen as early as year six. Sometimes it's not until you're age 65. Sometimes it's not until year 15. Okay, all carriers are different. But what ends up happening with a fixed interest rate later on into the life of the policy is it will drop and be even smaller. It can go down to a one and a half percent fixed interest rate. One of the carriers that we use is offers the 1.5% fixed interest rate as early as year six. So now year six in your policy, you can pull out a loan at 1.5%, which is very small. I don't know anywhere else that's going to be able to beat that small of an interest rate. So this makes life insurance with a cash value really enticing. That's what I hear a lot is that the interest rates are so small And that is just one of many reasons why people come to insurance because they can access funds at a small interest rate and not devalue their asset, right? Having that leverage ability inside these policies and a small interest rate is really, really beneficial and can be really valuable depending on what you're going to do with it. Now, there's something else special about the fixed interest rate. A lot of carriers, they take their fixed interest rate And they offer the policyholder the option to turn it into what's called a wash loan, also referred to as a net zero cost loan. A net zero cost loan takes that one and a half percent interest rate. It accrues on your policy all year. And at the end of the year, the insurance carrier credits you back. So you net zero interest. You pulled out $10,000, it had 1.5% attached to it, then it was taken away, it was washed away from your policy. You have $10,000 and 1.5% interest accruing again. Next year, interest is washed away. And it keeps going like that. Not having to have that interest accrue is a huge deal. A reason that's really important is because, let's say you were using the fixed interest rate in the early years, in year three, for example. You pulled out $10,000, it had the 2.75% interest attached to it. If you don't pay the interest back that year, your loan amount now goes up to $10,275. So now you have a bigger loan outstanding and you have that 2.75% interest rate attached to it. So by paying back the interest, your $10,000 is still outstanding and it's not getting any bigger. So it's absolutely recommended by Power Free Financial that if you're going to take out a loan, at least pay the interest back. Otherwise, the outstanding loan gets bigger and then you have to pay interest on that one. We want to be responsible when we're taking out loans, especially when it comes to the interest that's attached to them, which loan interest rate we're using, because that interest ultimately that's attached to your loan, it is taken away from your access to cash because you have that interest building up. So recommendation from all of us here, pay the interest back on your loan if you're taking a fixed loan, because we're about to talk about a participating fixed loan, and that is a whole other ballgame. A participating fixed loan 
is our third and last option, but it is the most exciting of all three. While the standard is safe, it's minimal, the participating is going to be usually contracted to be between 3% and 6%, okay? So anywhere in between there, and then the insurance company says, hey, this is the declared rate of the participating fixed loan, maybe it's 5%. So a participating fixed loan option, what it says is, I'm going to give you an example, it says that if you took out $6,000 in the form of a loan, you use the participating fixed loan option, and let's say it's at 5%, that's $300 in interest. The word participating might give you a hint, but that $300 gets to sit and participate in the overall growth of the policy. That $300 gets added to the overall value of your policy, and when you earn interest, you earn interest on more money because of that outstanding loan. Now, you still owe the $300 on your policy. That is still interest that you would owe. Technically, that's attached to that loan that you took. But simultaneously, that $300 is also earning you more interest. What we see a lot of times when we're illustrating people taking loans in their policy earlier on and later on as well is that without leveraging your cash value, we, we see very standard growth. It looks great. Awesome. However, when you leverage the policy, you use a participating fixed loan, the overall value of the policy can significantly increase. Now, it's tricky, right? Because what we're talking about here is taking out a loan with a 5% interest rate and then not paying it back to allow the interest to earn more interest for you inside your policy, meaning that the interest can add up pretty quick. And like I said, you still owe it back. But if your policy is performing well, you're going to be making a lot more money than you would have if you did not leverage the account. It can be a really tricky concept to fully grasp. It took us a little while, um, which is why we offer to sit down with people and go over these numbers and explain these concepts. But this participating fixed loan option is exactly how wealthy people are paying interest to earn more interest. Now, I keep mentioning that that $300 or whatever interest is attached to your loan that you still owe it, right? But if you pay back the interest, who does it go to? Well, if you were to take that $6,000 loan, have the 5% th participating fixed loan option attached to it, and see $300 of interest attached to your policy, if you pay that $300 back, it goes back to you. It goes back into your account for you to borrow it again. Don't believe me? Come sit down with a Power 3 financial agent and we will show you exactly what happens. One of the coolest things about leveraging the cash value with a participating fixed loan option is that Let's say I'm going to stick with my same example. You pulled out $6,000 and had $300 of interest and you let that loan sit for a while. I mean, I'm talking years. You're going to have some interest to pay back. But if you pay back that interest, right, you pay back your loan, all of the money goes back to your account value. Your cash value is filled back up. There's no outstanding loans against it. But now not only do you have your cash value that you have access to, right, but you have a cash reserve of all of the interest dollars that you paid back to yourself 
that you can also access. So what you would see is that there is a positive amount of money in your account outside of your cash value, where if you were to, let's say you ended up paying back $1,500 in interest. Well, you have your cash value completely filled up, no outstanding loans against it, and you have another $1,500 in your cash reserve because that's interest you paid back to yourself. Because remember, ultimately, you are the bank. If you were to take a loan of three grand, right, at this point, when you have this $1,500 cash reserve and you have a full cash value, you would have an outstanding loan balance of only $1,500. The interest you pay back to yourself gets returned to you. Even if you loan it, it's not actually gonna come back to you as a loan. The $1,500 is the portion that was not from your cash reserve. It was from your cash value. So you've got three grand, but the outstanding loan on your policy is only $1,500. There are some serious advantages to learning how to leverage the cash value inside your policy with a participating fixed loan option and paying yourself back that is kind of unimaginable because we've never learned about it before. If you're having a hard time visualizing this, this is what we do at Power3 Financial. You wanna see loans come out? You wanna see how that affects your policy? Reach out and we can write up numbers showing just that. As a reminder, if you don't pay your loans back, right, plus the interest, that money is ultimately paid back by the death benefit that you purchased when you got the life insurance policy. That is your collateral. And if you're curious at all, your cash value or your liquid cash value, right, the money you have access to will never exceed the amount of death benefit that you have. If it did, you wouldn't be able to leverage it because how can you leverage a cash value that you don't have collateral for, right? So the policy has to be designed in a way that you always have collateral to pay back that cash value. That is when you will see that a policy will lapse because there's so many loans pulled out, not enough repayment, the interest is taking a, a huge effect on it, and maybe this person stopped funding their policy and there's no more money left to collateralize the cash value and those loans. And so ultimately, the life insurance company has to lapse the policy and cancel it because now they're at risk of actually losing money by keeping that death benefit over your head. Uh, Dave Ramsey would say that, you know, you don't get anything back. Your family doesn't get the cash value. They hardly get a death benefit after you've used all of your money or whatever the old man says. Okay. But as long as there is a cash value still in your policy, there is still a death benefit that is going to go to your beneficiary. If you've used loans, the death benefit is going to reflect that. You're going to have less collateral to borrow money because we're trying to keep the policy in good standing, right? The insurance carrier doesn't wanna lapse the policy. Cash value life insurance should not be looked at as a way to make money or get rich. It is a way to maintain and grow wealth over time and also learn to leverage an asset. So a lot of um, professionals in the industry, in the insurance industry, they say that there is a sad way, a dumb way, and a smart way to access money inside your life insurance policy. The dumb way is to withdraw. The smart way is to take a loan. And the sad way is to get sick 
or die. But one of the sad ways, which is getting sick, could also be not a smart way, right? But a a life-saving way to access money. I'm talking about living benefits. What ultimately happens is if you're eligible to have access to living benefits within your policy, you're able to access a portion of the death benefit tax-free if you were to become sick or injured, severely ill, chronically ill. And that is a way of accessing money inside your policy without loaning or without withdrawing it. And it is a sad way, of course. I don't want anyone to get sick or injured and need to use living benefits. But it is a way that you would be able to access the value of your policy before you actually passed away. Throwing that in there at the end for a little extra. But ultimately, I hope this was helpful. I always hope that what I'm saying on the podcast is valuable to to you as a listener. And in my head, I wanted to say something like, you know, I... I hope you haven't heard this before. Like I'm not repeating what you already know, but I, but I don't hope that the industry lacks transparency so much. Um, and this information is not readily available. So I, <laughs> I hope that you learned something. I hope this was new information, but I also hope that you've heard it somewhere, not just from me. I wish that it was more common. I like to think that I'm not the only person ever talking about loan rates on life insurance and accessing your money, but I might be. If I am, you know, if, you, if you're still listening, if you made it this far, would you put a sunglasses emoji in the comment section only if you've never heard anyone talk about loan rates like I just did? Thank you. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the You're an Asset podcast where we find out who is an asset in the financial industry and who is just an ass. I'll see you next week. Bye. Or where we find out who's too scared to find out who's an ass. <laughs> I almost was like. <laughs> the You're an Asset podcast is not giving financial advice. We are not licensed financial advisors and our licensing is strictly in insurance products. The information that we talk about is specific to the products that we work with. We cannot guarantee that other agents will have the same product features that we discuss on the show.